Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He's Gordon Mack. It is Monday, June 29th. Reminder, you can email the show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch, ask us questions, give us tips. Give Gordon ideas about where he can vacation and record a podcast from McDonald's next. He's taking suggestions right now. Uh, Gordon, how are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, excited for the 4th of July, man. We're a week away. Who would have thought we made it mm. all the way up to the week out from 4th of July? And it's on a weekend. Um, I think every city, though, is canceling all their fireworks. So you're gonna yeah. see, there's going to be a lot of homemade fireworks maybe going off around the country. Uh, but yeah. Doing all, doing all right. It was a chill weekend. Nothing much really happened. Uh, got excited for the NBA schedule, which was announced, I think, earlier this weekend. Got to know who the eight teams are going to be playing for the Sixers. Come, I can't believe NBA is coming back July 30th. Uh, Tom Brady, I mean, not Tom Brady, Cam Newton going to the Patriots. That was some news mm. that I looked at mm-hmm. on my phone. Uh, other than that, it wasn't that, wasn't that too exciting of a weekend. Yeah, Cam Newton, NBA schedule, just a couple track stuff. But yeah, what about you? How was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. I felt like I worked all weekend uh, preparing our house for a new baby. So I've been moving stuff around. I mowed the lawn, did a lot of just menial, not non, non-fun stuff, but ready to get the week rolling. You mentioned some some things on the track side. We did have the team boss, Colorado Mile, over the weekend, which was both – Exciting and, I don't know, a little uh, disappointing, I would say, on the men's side that they weren't able to break the record or get under the four-minute barrier. But we did have Emma Coburn breaking the Colorado mile record, 432 at whatever it was, 4,500 feet there on that track in, in Grand Junction, Colorado. It's a pretty good, pretty good time. Um, the men's race... They just they went out so conservatively. I know you said you didn't get a chance to watch it live, but they they were like through eight hundred and like two oh three. And even for McDonald's stellar finishing speed, that just did not leave enough room to to get out hard and or to to get under that four minute barrier. So what did you think about that meet? Uh I mean the the women it, I mean, on the men's side, Morgan I think obviously was the favorite to win and he did and it's kind of funny he wasn't able to break Joe Klecker's record. I think Klecker uh, tweeted out 401 lives another day. So nice yeah. little back and forth there between Klecker and McDonald. Uh, but on the women's side, I was just, I was impressed with the, the depth. I mean, Coburn runs 432, but 
Corey McGee was right there with 433. Danny Jones, 434. Uh, right. I was, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but in the Instagram that Jones, that of the, of the team, of the, of the women's side, Danny Jones has a New Balance top, Nike shorts. Yeah. What did you think of that move? Um, did it, <laughs> that move put, having two brands to make sure they're like hey i ain't gonna wear your, i'm gonna not gonna wear your brand uncompeting for free she hasn't signed yet yeah i mean she could just be wearing the gear that she has um i i she may be going back to her colorado days only have nike stuff right because they're sponsored by nike so she doesn't want to tip her hand and and you know take offers off the table by just wearing all Nike stuff. So she'll put a New Balance top on and, uh, you know, just really remind everyone that she's a free agent and waiting to get the best deal, of course. So that's typically what you do unless uh, I guess you could wear a completely neutral, no brand at all kit. But yeah, man, it feels like ever since Nia Aikens got a deal, I got signed. I thought we'd start seeing more of these. I guess it's, we're waiting a little bit more down the road here, but a 434, I know she didn't, she didn't get Coburn, but 434 from somebody just out of college and first race since whatever it was, you know, March, that's pretty impressive for, for Danny Jones. But Emma Coburn once again shows why she's the class of that group and one of the best runners in the world, even when she, removes the barriers that was an impressive impressive run impressive finish from her yeah and on the men's side cruz culpepper the high school kid runs 408 which i'm not sure what the altitude conversion is at this level of how high they were what was the do you know the elevation of grand junction yeah can you google it, it? was like 4500 feet i can google it but it, um so it, yeah 45 so it's probably what like what is it f three to four seconds Maybe I would converted? guess something something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's fair. So a sub four oh five for a high school kid, still pretty good. That's, that's that ain't bad. So mm -hmm. Cole Pepper, I think he's is he going to? What he's either Washington. going a combination of either Oregon, Washington, or Stanford. One of those three. He's going. That's to Washington. where they all go. Washington. Yeah, he's going to Washington. Uh, he he beat Nick Harris. I mean, that's a guy from Colorado. Nick Harris, guy from Colorado, who was second in the U.S. indoor. 1500 this past february so no no uh no slouch there from the high schooler he doesn't obviously get a sub four in colorado which would have been insane but you know his coach joe bossard said he thinks he's the best recruit in the country of course he admitted he's biased but the team the, the if washington is not winning national titles and i mean may, i know they're getting more track guys and cross-country guys but the, the the amount of talent they're getting with culpepper and doshbach and they have sam tanner and a lot of these milers i know andy powell's got to be hoping to recreate that that magic that they had in the 2015 to 2016 range with oregon and uh, there's no edward cheserick on this team but they sh if even just a few of those guys hit, they should be really good on the track. And if they can get the cross country thing figured out too, that that can be a very strong group. The the, the amount of talent that that uh, Andy Powell has been able to accumulate is in, always impressive. Yeah, but and I mean, Andy's though is notorious for not really putting a lot of focus on cross country. He kind of says, I mean, maybe that was because at Oregon they they told them to focus on getting as many points at indoor track and as many points in outdoor track and a lot of cross country programs skip indoor. I mean, I remember yeah. Mike Smith made a joke to me 
the year this past season when they were on verge of potentially winning it, I was like, I I email I text him on in December, and I was like, hey man, you guys have a chance to like podium maybe in indoor. And he's like, we're not we're not we're we're not we we don't do indoor track. He's, he made like a joke about how we skip indoor track. Uh, we're just getting ready for mm-hmm. the, the Peyton Jordan 5K is basically what he said. But, yeah. you know, because it's like the distance mindset, right, where you are you do your cross country and then you get ready for outdoor, for the outdoor 5K. But Powell has been being at Oregon where every title matters, has gotten really good 3K guys, miler guys, DMR type guys, you know, indoor 5K guys. And I'm he's going to have a he's going to have a crew for these next few years of guys who can if they if they develop right if they are able to within a year or two start being running low seven fifties, you know they he's going to have he's going to have some points on his hand. It's a question of I just don't think it's going to translate yet to cross country right away because we'll see. I mean, someone like Reed Brown, I mean he's not Washington, but he was recruited by Andy. Like he hasn't really done. He's he's like a three fifty seven miler. He's good. You can you know probably break eight in the three k. But when it comes to cross country, he's gonna finish like one hundred and fiftieth. So it's it's like there's two different types of guys. There's these milers who are like you know like a Blake Haney type miler and all these guys who can make NCAA finals and maybe all American finish top three. But when it comes to cross, they're just not top twenty top 40 type guys yeah i don't think you can put cole pepper in that same category i mean one he's got two olympian parents two uh i i don't know he's got seemingly has range I mean, he's run 148 in the eight i think he's going to be really strong in cross country i feel the same way about Doshbach, who was who was strong in cross country he didn't get to compete in the postseason i think because of an injury but uh, i don't think it's fair to say pal doesn't take cross country you know as seriously especially now at at washington i think they had a down year last year but they've certainly got some talent and had he listen he's known for coaching milers like that's been his mo and i know he had cheserek too but cheserek is the collegiate record holder in the mile like from centrowitz to ches to mac fleet to a lot of these guys i mean that's just those are going to be the type of recruits they get i think they can swing it in cross country they they they, uh they're, if they're talented, just because they've run fast in the mile doesn't mean you can't run fast over ten thousand. So I, I, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Are they going to be an NAU or BYU this year? No, but maybe in three years they, they, they See, can be. So I just think that like for every five great milers, one of them's good at cross country. Yeah, that that happens. And so I, I mean, think some, that's why. Yeah, like you know, you can have like a. What's his name? Chris O'Hare. He was good in cross country. He's a good miler. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then you have another miler who, like, uh, Josh Kerr, not good at cross country. Right? I mean, relative. He's, yeah, not not as good, right? Yeah. Oliver Hoare, good at cross country. Yeah. Yared Nagus, kind of all right. I mean, he, he might have a breakout season this next year. He, kinda, he was, like, 40th this past year. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, a lot of the – I think I think give a one in five success rate of milers translating to the ten k. Yeah. What do you think? It and is? so when you when eighty you percent of your think... team is milers, it's harder to put together five guys any season. That's what I think. Is it? Is it just that's the way they're built? They just they don't come naturally equipped. Their bodies don't handle the distance training as much. They're just built for speed. Or do you think it's more so a, a, a like? 
not having the same focus on cross country because you would think if you've got a 355 miler they should be able to run be competitive in cross country right does it just not always translate like i just i know there's different people who are better at different things but it is strange to me when some milers are just you know they can be competing for national title but then they're in the hundreds in cross country what what do you think it is is it is it just that's the difference in skill set or is it lack of focus i mean i think it's a combination of things i think the for some milers they know what they're good at like i'm good at four laps and then when they're in a race where it takes 30 minutes for the race to go to finish instead of less than four minutes there's a lot Mm -hmm. of mental games that can happen whereas in a mile right the first two minutes you're sleeping through it and then all of a sudden you're like all right here we go race is coming to an end let's sprint let's do this whereas in a 10k you know you could be like 20 minutes in you'd be like okay wait i gotta keep going you know so yeah yeah um yeah these yes they're elite athletes but they also yeah yeah. i don't know i just think that it takes a certain type of miler to be good at cross Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure i mean like a lopez like and i think those types of milers are not the norm like lopez lamont is not the norm you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah the norm is pat tiernan's doing well the tyler days doing well you know the 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 grinders type guys the footsums yeah you know so but Hmm. i don't know but washington's still gonna be good it'll still be like a top 10 type program but i don't think they're in the byu nau category with a bunch of 357 guys you know you need well, I'm just, some like I'm just curious. Like, what is then what is Washington's goal, right? Because it's not like they maybe their plan is to do this, but it's not like they're accumulating the sprinters that like, you know, that Oregon may have had at certain points. I know the Oregon didn't have on the men's side during the Andy Powell years, didn't have like a wealth of sprinters, but they typically would have a guy or two. Um doesn't seem like Washington's really doing that. I, I know that one year, what was it, was 2015, where Oregon won with basically just Cheswick, Cheswick Jenkins, Gregoric, Daniel Wynn, and uh, Will, Will Gohegan. But is that the plan at Washington, or are they going to build a more diverse program? I mean, I'm just, I'm just interested. If it's not necessarily cross-country, like a group of milers – typically can only get you so far i mean if you're really all about just winning indoor titles i mean great but i i would think that they're trying to i don't know build a more balanced roster i think it's more just you gotta recruit to your strengths right i just think any pal knows hey i can make a miler great i can make a 10k runner good but i can make a miler Mm -hmm. great so why don't i get athletes that well, I can make great. Cesarek was great. You know? Cesarek was great in the five and the 10. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, you know, but he like, you know, probably gone like, anywhere and been great, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I just yeah, think yeah. like he, he's like, Hey, I'm a coach. I'm good. You know, I don't think, uh, I think it's, it's like, there's a reason why like the best 800 meter runners aren't going to Andy Powell, like, and they would rather go to, some like a, a Penn State or a Texas A&M or because they're like, hey, this is where I can or UTEP like, hey, this is where I can be really good in the 800. You know, I don't know. I just think his strength is miler. His strength is mile 3K, 5K. It's like yeah. that, that spot, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's really good at it. He's probably the best in the country at it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
other things we got we went on a little on. tangent there but. yeah we did that's <laughs> cool it's fine other things going on or i guess not going on pre-classic the paris diamond league both canceled this happened last friday i believe but we haven't really had a chance to talk too much about it the the pre-classic thing was interesting they came out whatever it was like last early last month and said oh this is the revised diamond league schedule and the pre-classic is gonna be october 4th and then university of oregon was like wait what we didn't talk you didn't bring this up to us like what are you talking about we didn't approve this and then all all that was really for nothing as the event gets canceled i guess they're they're thinking oregon's not going to be able to they're not gonna be able to follow the guidelines and have a meet there so looks like unless this meet at that usatf is thinking about putting on is is in is, is at hayward field there may not be any track and field at hayward field until 2021 also paris gets canceled but uh i don't know i guess this was no surprise to to me we keep trying to have get get hayward field you know kicked off it's it's raring to go we've had hype videos over overload for for months now about the readiness of the stadium uh were you surprised at all by by this meet getting canceled i was not uh i do think about what the first meet at hayward field is going to be because there was a moment where we thought like the first meet could end up being like a high school meet because of the like, <laughs> certain meets getting moved and canceled like oh that it's going to be in the high school state championship uh but is the opening meet gonna be the, like the Pepsi invite? Is that gonna be the opening meet, or the Oregon relays? Maybe it was gonna be the wasn't gonna be the Pac twelve. It was supposed to be the Pac twelves, which is would have been I guess fine. And then it looked like oh you know yeah it could be the pre classic, which would be really cool. But yeah, it may end up being twenty twenty one some like low key try meet for Oregon and Washington and somebody else. Yeah, it's it's a bit odd. Uh, did you see this news though about USATF thinking about like hosting its own meet in September? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they they have I, to make I, a decision decision July 15th about what it's what it's going to look like and I I don't think a location has at all been determined, but if it's possible, you would think they would want to try to put it on at Hayward Field. I was thinking they might have it at Drake. Mm. Midwest has not been hit as hard with the coronavirus. I don't know if that's necessarily safer, but um, per yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think of that meet? Uh, so for those just listening, USATF was it September fifteenth and twenty first or something like that? Mid September, looking to put together a final season meet. I'm not sure if they're calling it a national championship. They're just going to call that's it. That's like, what they have to decide. That's part of the thing they're going to decide. Yeah, yeah. September thirteenth or twentieth. I think if they want to call it something, do you, it's like a, it's like a, I think if you call it a national championship, you get more people to come. If you don't call it a national championship, people don't come. Yeah. But if you call it a national championship, even though you get more people to come, it's going to be a fake national championship because. Well, they're calling it the U.S. Open. Oh, okay. It's a preliminary name, the U.S. Open, which has a. Nice distinction with tennis and golf, but with this, I, I think it's like a national championship light. I, I don't think they should call it get a, a national championship because you're going to end up with Johnny Johnny Joker winning a winning, winning a U.S. U.S. title that doesn't you know you're like straight finals in the 1500. I 
I would be interesting interested to see who would show up for this though. I think if you have it at Hayward Field, a lot more people are going to want to go. If you have it at Drake, it's like it's like an off year national championship without the national championship designation. What's my what's my incentive to go to this? You have it at Hayward Field. Now the the athletes are like I want to I want to show up for this. Now obviously it's you would think it's not going to happen because they are basically determined via local rules in Oregon that they can't have the pre-classic. So how are you going to do something three weeks earlier uh, at, at Hayward field? That's like a national championship, like a national championship. So maybe it is a Drake. We don't know. Uh, to me, I, I will be surprised if this catches any traction at all. One, if they can even hold this, but two, if athletes have any, I mean, maybe they have an interest to race, but it's like, USATF meet without the actual distinction like I don't know doesn't seem like it's going to be that compelling of a meet yeah and I was thinking about what's the type of athlete that would go to this meet and I was like this is the type of athlete that would go to this meet it's among sprinters the best sprinters won't go no the the, the bad sprinters will go so the top tier won't the, the, the top half give won't me go, a name. the bottom half will go. I'm not gonna give you give a name. Give me a name. <laughs> the top half won't go, the bottom half will go. You know, it's, it's it'll be very similar to the the sprint and by sprinters I mean one hundred up to four hundred. In the yeah. same light of it's gonna be the same dynamic as sprinters that show up to US indoors. The best sprinters mm -hmm. don't go to US indoors, the second tier of sprinters go to US indoors. Like the Fred Curley. Uh, Michael Norman, Noah Lyles, Christian Coleman obviously can't, but those type of Ronnie Baker, those people won't go. That's my prediction. That's the sprinter. Yeah. Field events, all the best field event people will go because they're just field event people go to meets. They love competing. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. the Christian Taylors, the Couture Orgies of this world, the all the top shot putters, they're all going. Distance athletes. Thank. The, the distance athletes that will go, there will be. Uh, I think it, it's, it's going to be location. It's going to be location yeah, based. If based it's in the location. northwest, yeah, yeah. if it's in the northwest, the best distance runners will all go because once one goes, they're all going to go to kind of be like, "Hey, it's a good race." But if it's not in the northwest, I think the best distance athletes won't go, and I think it's going to be the second tier of distance athletes. Hmm. No doubling is going to be allowed. It says you can, uh, where, where did I go here? Did I, did I click out of this? Oh yeah. I clicked out of it. I think that you're allowed one inch, one, uh, event entry per athlete. But Shelby Houlihan can't for the, however many years in a row sweep the 1500 and the, the 5,000. What a shame. Trying to look. What a shame. Going back to the, the the idea of having to meet at Oregon, I do think mm -hmm. that Oregon should put together a meet where if you are over a certain time fast, you're not allowed to enter. It's only for slow people, right? So you can't be yeah, fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to watch that, yeah. Okay, only no, hold on. Hear me, Hear me out. Only slow people can go. And the idea is, is if you win this race, you can be – the Hayward Field record holder for the until they have an actual real race with the elite. That's big. So that's big. You get your name on the board saying like current. It'll all be like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty whenever they do it times, mm -hmm. and be like these are your Hayward Field Stadium record holders, and you mm -hmm. just enter and you have a chance to do that. To, to and they do every event. They do like 
300. They do the 600. So you can get as many people. You end up giving out like 50. You give out 50 stadium records, right? And then they're all they all get on the, the board, and then they slowly all disappear when actual real athletes come in. Jeez. How cool would it be though to have the Hayward Field stadium record in the four hundred, in the, like the forty yard dash, forty six seconds? Yeah, I, 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 I this, this this sounds terrible. I don't know. You'd have to sell you me don't a need lot a, more on that. You don't need to live stream it. It's more of like a community effort. I think people. You tell me people in Eugene won't show up to that track meet to get a stadium record when they know they don't have to race against good athletes. They would they would do it in a heartbeat. Okay. You know they would. No, I'm, I'm not saying they wouldn't. I just don't know. You're not selling me on the mid-level or lower-level athlete meet. I I'm, I want to see Noah Lyles show up. I don't want to meet where, like, Noah Lyles isn't a – you're too good for this meet, Noah Lyles. It's like you're, you're it's overqualified. You're overqualified no, for this meet. No, you know, I'm just trying to have – it's like, you know, you go out there and you run a mile at 12.01 at midnight on the new year, and then you can say you have – you're the world leader in the mile for 2021. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, speaking of meets that we don't know any details about, but I'm hoping you can shed some light. You were telling me before we went on air that you think there there's some rumors and hints that Bowerman may be time-trialing soon what have you seen on this yeah uh rumors that they're in portland obviously there are they just got done at park city right so the question is will they you know jerry notorious for not racing much uh, also notorious for putting together super like small meets that it's basically not a real meet it's time trial meet he didn't he did that bu literally this year was that this year? Yeah. The <laughs> it wow. seems like it wasn't, but yeah. Yeah, where he did that with the, the indoor 3Ks and 5Ks and stuff like that. Did that last year outdoors with Woody Kincaid's 1258. Um, yep. And I think they're going to do something similar uh, this time around, and it might be tomorrow. But as for where it would be in Portland, actual who run, I don't know. Bowerman people will be able to convince a couple other – Oregon uh, elites to come down like Hassan uh, Mead or some people from the formerly the team formerly known as NOP. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Huh. Okay. That not a little know, light on you... details. What was your? Yeah, I, I don't really have much that... detail. No, no, no. Where where did we even hear remotely about this? Where did the rumors start about this? The, the internet, Instagram, the internet. Oh, Instagram. Okay. I mean, I trust anonymous people let me just say people that are just suggesting this could happen i trust that it's going to happen hey look we've we've seen some other time trials we just saw team boss uh who else is i mean we've did the nico high schoolers doing it nico young as we as we said i'm ready for the the cream of the crop let's get shelby Houlihan. let's get centro let's get lopez woody no, this what we need an answer we back need, to his 1258 what we need to have is we need to find out where and when, the exact time, and then we need to buy Paul Chalimo a one-way ticket or a round-trip mm-hmm. ticket so he can come back. Yeah, maybe so a round-trip. Just, just so he can just show up unannounced to race Lopez, and Lopez can't not. He's like, oh, man, we're gonna, we're doing this. That will be the ultimate. Yeah. Like, it's a surprise we're racing. I mean, it's that is like what... there's going to be an entry deadline yeah. or, like, 
you know, there's, there's none of that stuff. So he could just show up and I highly doubt they're going to be like, you can't race me because yeah. that just looks weak. That'll be awesome. That's what I, that's what I want to see. Why are we not? We why have we not been plane. trying to do that from the beginning? Like, I don't understand that. This is ridiculous. Like, it goes back to the track and field thing of avoiding each other. Like, I hate that trend. Like, let's get these guys going. If there's, if we're gonna have these like match races, I mean, I suggested this in an article last week. I want to see Lamong versus Chalimo in any distance. It can be a mile, three k, two mile, two k, five k, ultra marathon, like. That's what I would love to see. I want to see or like a dual meet between those two. I know those that has been suggested to you. Uh, I, I would love to see something like that. I mean, even if it has to be remote and they have to run in two separate distances, I want to see Lamong v Chalimo. So you we talk you talked to Lopez, right? He's like mm-hmm. he wants to race Chalimo, right? He probably said it publicly, right? I think yeah, they both I mean, he wasn't like yeah. Anyways, go ahead. They both publicly are like yeah, let's race, right? But who? Yeah privately doesn't want to do it who do you think is more like i don't want i don't want i don't want this fire uh, or do you think they're equally well i think Lamong has, the competition? Lamong has the last word right now right so he's not yeah the onus is on him i mean he he beat chalimo in that 5k so he doesn't need to exactly prove anything right now and you know he ran 13 flat and ran 27-0 at, at worlds so the, he doesn't owe the world anything because he got the last word so i would say he is least motivated to race and chalimo is maybe more so i mean they had that bickering in february about you know only like whatever it was that like weak people race at husky classic and and you know so he's thinking that lamong is avoiding him and in some regards and that's probably not the case but chalimo more so long story short he definitely i think would go through uh, uh many hoops to to get to race lamong right now do you think this chalimo uh lamong mini rivalry we've kind of created is similar to like the rup lagat one that we had a few years ago when they were kind of dodging each other i remember lagat mm-hmm. even said in an interview that like there's no incentive for me to race Rupp. Like, why would I do that? He was like very blunt about like yeah. my contract and my appearance fees and, and prize money and all that stuff and record holding is more important than a fan rivalry that people want to see, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's dis- that, that's disappointing. I understand that on a, and I guess if I was in his shoes, I would say the same thing, but uh, that's, that's a shame. They need to, somewhere in the sport, we need to figure out a way to make and I know the regular season doesn't matter. Basically, just U.S. championships or trials matter, and then whatever the international competition is. But that's a shame, um, especially right now. It would be fun if we could incentivize these athletes further to to race each other. I know that we're trying to do social distancing and everything, and everyone's just racing within their group. But I don't know. I want to see – I mean, if Nick Simmons can get an entire county on the race on, – on a track together at one sitting with a bunch of kids, you would think Lopez Lamong and Paul Chalimo could get together for a race, right? Yeah, and what if, like – have you ever seen – it's not a good movie, so I don't say – you probably haven't seen it. <laughs> but there's a movie called Tag. Have you ever seen Tag? No, I, have, I have not seen Tag. So there's a movie with, like uh, – What's the guy who Sounds played like Don an Adam Sandler, Sandler movie? movie. Uh, Don Draper. Uh, yeah, played yeah, Don Draper. John, uh, John something. I don't know. John Hamm. John Hamm. John so Hamm, it's with yeah. the John Hamm and a bunch of other guys. 
And it, the premise, it's based on a true story about these guys who had this like um, on like year, like 15, 20, 30 year long tag game where every one month out of the year they would play tag. And if you were the last one tagged by the end of the month, you're officially like the loser for the next 11 months. And so mm-hmm. it was an excuse for they pick one month out of the year for them to all kind of travel to the to all kind of see each other because all their families moved away and they're not all over the country. And they came up with this way like this is a way we can force each other to be around each other once a, once wow. a year and have this fun little tag game where we're tagging people. And they did ridiculous things where like they tag people at their wedding. They tag people at a funeral. They tag people in a grocery store like. And like, I know why you. I know why you watch this. I know why you watch this. Why do I watch this? Because Hannibal Burris is in this. You love Hannibal Burris. I do. I thought you did. Yeah. So I don't love. I don't know. Love is a love's a strong. Love is always a strong word. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Anyway, so what we need to do is we need to kind of take that concept of, hey, you know, the same concept of when you ice someone. If you give someone an ice, you know, they got to drink it in front of you. They got to drink that Smirnoff. That's what we need to do yeah. with these racing matchups. We need if Paul Chalimo gets on a plane and just knocks on his front door, he's got to go they got to race. He's got to look yeah. up what Lopez Lemong's uh, whereabouts information is, find where he is, know it's where he is, and you know know he's got to be there that hour. We need a whereabouts racing hour where athletes <laughs> can show up to other athletes' whereabouts time slots where they have to be ready to race, and they and if they. Yeah. And that's what we, oh, that would be great. That would be cool. You get, you get, and what you do is instead of being daily, you have to have a whereabouts day once a mm-hmm. month where if an athlete shows up to your whereabouts day in this month, you have to race them. Yeah, that might be trouble for That'll Christian. That would be fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be cool. Um, don't think that's practical, but I, I actually do like, you know, you've had your harebrained ideas. We had the Hawaii track marathon last week. This one I like a lot more. And the whereabouts factor is a nice transition into our final topic. Uh, Sebastian Coe, the president of the artist formerly known as the IAAF, World Athletics Press, Sebastian Coe, had some interesting quotes over, well, it was last week. I was going to say over the weekend, but last week. <clears throat> About the Coleman case, which I was kind of surprised to hear him discuss this, but I guess the case with Coleman's whereabouts failures and his provisional suspension is in the Athletics Integrity Unit. He is independent of the AIU. Um, But as strong as words as he can give, Coe kind of blasted Coleman and suggested that he's not going to uh, get this deal, one-year deal. Now, of course, that he has no jurisdiction over that, but suggesting that Coleman may not compete in the Olympics after all, may not get that one-year deal. He's the one-year ban that he could be looking for. This quote in particular um, was really eye-catching for me, and then this is in The Guardian. If you're hanging by a thread on one or or even two of those, and he's talking about whereabouts failures, then my instinct would be to, to be would be to be sitting by my front door for that hour. You wouldn't risk not being there. And if they fall foul of this regularly, they will be banned. He continues, I can't put it any blunter way, and that is what the AIU is there to do. It's not a sort of an afterthought. Alongside biological passports and adverse analytical findings, it is a central part of the anti-doping landscape. This is a twist in my eyes because as, as, as 
we talk about some other athletes coming out sort of against Coleman and saying, this is on you, regardless of what you think of the testing process. When Coe's coming out, and again, he shouldn't have any say in what AIU does. So in some regards, I could view this as being a, a little inappropriate on his end because you could see it as somebody kind of dictating his opinion, which I don't think is necessarily right out of someone who's supposed to be the president of the whole sport. But this, to me, gives a suggestion that Coleman may, in fact, be served that full two-year ban. What, what did you think of, of his reaction, his quotes in this article? Yeah, I mean, the whole idea, right, of whatever a superstar athlete or the, you know, maybe Colson Coleman's not a superstar because he has doesn't have that, that brand recognition the way like Bolt does, but the fastest he's man and the most popular. He's, but he's, superstar, he's I mean, star. like Bolt. Okay, star. Yeah. Well, then, I, then that's, that's a category of one. That's a category of one yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. Or like Mo okay. Fair, I think, is superstar. I think there's like two superstars. Uh, but uh, – what I'm saying is he's the fastest man in the most popular event in an Olympic year. They might find a way to like slap someone on the wrist and like, that's technically not fair. Right. But life isn't fair and people get preferential treatment. You know, they give the, the better at the more famous athletes, better lane assignments, then you could be faster than them, but I'm sorry. You could have beat them last week, but Noah Lyles is going to get the better lane that he wants or, you know, what not, not no one's beating Noah Lyles right now, but you know what I mean? Preferential treatment happens in the sport and they could find a way to get preferential treatment in something like this. That is a whereabouts failure and kind of pretend it wasn't preferential treatment and be like, Oh no, this just, this was the rule. We had one year. Sorry. And everyone would be like, yeah, you did that because he's Christian Coleman. But the, what I thought was, I thought co would go along with preferential treatment for Coleman, but co is being public about we're not giving no one preferential treatment. We are going to treat everyone equally. And yeah. if you did this, you're going to pay the price. And he uh, clearly is signaling that uh, Christian Coleman isn't untouchable, which I thought was interesting. Um, so Yeah, and that's been, that's been his MO. He's always, I mean, one of his pillars of his presidency has been I'm tough with anti-doping, obviously the Russia thing first and foremost. Um, but again, can't state he is not part of the AIU, but they are, you know, as their name says, specific to athletics. Um, and, you know, I know the IAAF World Athletics ushered in this this AIU era, bringing them on to, to be an independent testing body. But uh, it, 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 it was telling quotes for me that I don't know if it's a preferential treatment thing. I don't know if, if the same situation would have happened in Usain Bolt's career, if things would have been different. We can speculate cynically and think, no, Bolt would have been treated with a lot more caution and would have, you know, they would have done everything they could to get him into the sport or not, you know, the shortest man possible if this would have happened just because he's literally, you know, if Usain Bolt was pulled from a meet, that takes tons of value out of it. And it's not the same for Coleman. And, uh, but with, you know, coming out, Coleman coming out with his statement that he did on Twitter and then coming on our show, he hasn't gotten the sympathy that I think he expected. And this is to me another sign of where the AIU is going to lean on this. And maybe they do make an example out of him I, because they're, first off, I mean, I think it's curious for Co to come out with these statements. 
a lot of people have gotten their sentences reduced to one year for these whereabouts things. So I've thought all along that's what's going to be the case. But for Co to come out and say these things, oh, no, this is what the rules are for. And that's not how the AIU works. They're not going to give a deal. Well, I mean, people have gotten a deals, deals before just because it correlates with the Olympics shouldn't make a difference it's but for him to say quote i would be very surprised if there was any thought that a deal is going to be struck here or in any of these cases there's been deals before so i'm not exactly sure what he's referring to i know they're trying to be harder on the whereabouts thing i get that because it is a way to skirt the doping system and they want to show that it's just as big of a deal as is your biological passport and your drug tests but I, I was surprised that he came out so strongly. That t- seemingly tips the hand of what's going to happen. Um, and wow. I mean, I, I guess I had obviously this case showed me that Coleman could miss the Olympics. But now I'm really thinking we're not going to have Christian Coleman at the Olympics. I'm not sure if that's a good thing for the sport. Uh, the dude needs to learn his lesson, and maybe that's what it is because he's being out during his window, even though he was back supposedly during the time. It, that that's that's foolish and that's that's taking undue risks but still yet for for co to come out and say this uh was a sh- big big shock for me and i think was a little uh unnecessary on his part so here's the thing though not to um what are the three missed tests that coleman has right one of them is well one one's a filing failure. One of so them is I the, feel like it's one one of them's a filing failure, right? And it's kind of like they're the same. They're the same as the I know, but though. is it the same? His well, failure that he filed rule, was that he didn't tell people he was at Drake relays. Yeah. Like I mean that's If someone is trying to get away from doping, do you, is your way to to get rid of if, He took the blame. There's a way to like yeah. get I know, but what I'm saying is there a way to get out of a doping test like okay, this is how I'm going to get out of a doping test. I'm not going to tell them I'm at an international meet yeah, where they can dope it's a, me. It's a rule. Though. Where then that where, where they rule. can uh, test me. But you know what I mean though. Like like it's not yeah. like he's like he went away to the Himalayas to get away from everyone and didn't tell anyone. He went to a track meet and didn't tell anyone. Like you're the, not going to get the idea that, 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 him that. That's the rules. I'm not trying to. Get, I'm not, I know it's the rules, but what I'm trying to say is I don't think anyone in the right mind will think that filing failure was a failure was a he filed fair he incorrectly filed to try to get a, out of a test i don't think that no true. it's not that it's that he's being right? reckless yeah. and he's not showing this yeah, process yeah. enough respect that's the problem he's not on yeah. top of it it's like he's a he's he's not doing his taxes you know appropriately well guess what when you don't do your taxes right you get audited and you may end up going to jail i mean this is different than that but he's not crossing his you know, he's not dotting his I's and crossing his T's when it comes to this. He needs to be on top of this. And that's what Co's saying. And they're saying, just because that's not a a positive testosterone test does not mean you're not going to get the full measure of of the rule book thrown at you here. And that's what Co is saying. And and I just think when there's been precedent for ba- these types of bans being reduced to one year, for him to come out and say, my opinion, what I want, basically if you read between the lines is for there not to be that for him to miss the Olympics, to have the hundred meter star miss the Olympics and for co to not supposedly be involved in this process for, for him to go out and say that I think was inappropriate. I, I, I truthfully do. Now that said Coleman, if you listen to his peers and you see you, you, you see the case, it does appear that he was being reckless, 
But this is comes down to a he said, she said situation. He claims he was home, didn't hear the tester at the door. And the the tester says, I knocked and I was instructed not to call. What else can I do? So for, for, for those things to, I understand the reckless nature of what Co Coleman is doing, but for Co to come out and I would think he doesn't know all the details of the case fully yet. He does, this hasn't been, the appeal hasn't been heard yet. It, it seems it seems odd. Maybe the questions were phrased differently than I than I think. But for him to just say, "Ah, no, he 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 shouldn't get a deal," that is uh, yeah, my, yeah. that's strange. And I understand your opinion is the rules are the rules, and he broke the rules, so case closed. But my thing is, mm, like, no, it's more nuanced than that. We, but yeah, but I also think sometimes these rules are. I was gonna say fuck. I did say fuck. Are stupid. Like I'm sorry, <laughs> but like. The idea that the I the AIU says that if we call them, that gives them a way to mess with like to 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 yeah, prepare for our test. It's confusing. I'm for like, me I'm too. sorry. Calling someone, they don't need that that 50 minutes to figure out a way to clean their urine. Like that's well, not what, a thing. No, like, I understand. And then also that, like, I just think yeah. the rules are just so archaic and like just like yes. The rules that most people are able to follow, and if most people are able to follow it, then why can't Coleman follow it? But I do think that these rules are a little stupid, and I'm sorry, but calling someone, hey, I'm at your front door, yeah. is not going to allow an athlete to to get away with a test. It's just not I totally, I totally agree with you, and I think that's why track like it, like it's like it, other sports needs to find a way to have like a collective bargaining agreement with the way these drug testing rules are implemented. The goal is to catch cheaters. The goal is to have a clean sport. And I think when the testing bodies get to have all the rules and they get to have all this format and, you know, I don't know. I think it would be much fairer to have athletes have some say, you know, for there to be an agreement. Yes, of course, we know we can get tested anytime and you have to be at a certain place when you say you are and you have to update the app. But I, I guess I have mixed feelings because... Coleman should have known that he didn't have to be called by the AIU, regardless of the fact if he had been contacted by phone many, many other times. But at the same time, is that fair for the athlete? Maybe not. And that's why I think the athletes should have some say in how this whole process works, because ultimately it is them that have to go through this, right? And it, some people, most people would say it's a small price to pay for... Um, uh, it's a small price to pay for having a clean sport and being able to compete at the high level and compete for medals, but... I, I, I do think that there's some some parts of this that it does scream unfair to the athlete. Now other athletes are, for what it's worth, saying, no, that's just the rules you have to play by. But I don't know. I find myself and sometimes leaning on the side of Coleman saying, ah, oh, you know, he's right. This is crazy. And then I'm like, but everybody else got this figured out. Uh, I think we've gotten away with gotten away from what the exact topic is. That is the president of the world athletics suggesting Coleman may miss the Olympics. Um, but cause we can litigate, we can talk about if this is fair or not all day, ultimately the rules are the rules. Um, but basically my point being is I'm surprised that co came out and, and suggested this isn't going to happen for Coleman. Yeah. I just think in the end, like Coleman is going to be the poster child of AIU's shitty rules. Mm. And oof. I wouldn't go that far like, to call him that, but but no, they're, they're, he's going to be the example. Of this is going to be the, make the an example. example. That's what I mean by post child. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, been a lot of like, 
definitely, yeah. And it's just like, hey, we have stupid ass rules, but hey, we uh, we we don't care. Like you said, they did. Yeah, collective bargaining is an important thing, but I also think there's no way in hell you're gonna get track and field to be a collective bargaining athletes because there's no such thing. There's not a league to like collectively like who's in it. Like anyone yeah. can be in an, a professional athlete. It's just like well, like an athlete advisory that. committee. There needs to be like that with the, with which you know you, they meet with USATF. There needs to be that for an entire track and field, whether Christian Taylor heads it or what, there needs to be some sort of uh, something like that where they can have a say in how this, I know their, their interests are going to be the, some people would say, well, they're going to have interest in protecting themselves from drug testing at all costs. I just think in the method that this is unveiled, if the, if the way this goes is for, for, um, uh, I don't know what I was saying, but if, if I just, it's, I just don't want to see athletes missing things just because they didn't understand the rules completely. I want them to be to, you know, Coleman said he was going to get, get, te he can get tested anytime. Let him prove that. And don't just catch him on a gotcha thing. I think this was a little bit level. I think he took some responsibility, but don't, don't just bust the top sprinter in the world on a, on a gotcha type case. And that's what this feels like a little bit to me, but I know other people have many different opinions. Do you, what, do, what would you say about this? Is there a bigger asterisk on the 2020 NBA champion in Orlando or the 2021 Olympic champion without Coleman in the race? Mm, that's a good question. Probably the 2021 Olympic champion of Coleman's not there, I would say so for sure. Unless it's Noah Lyles, and I would say we could. that's well warranted. Listen, I got a I got a builder at my house right now. We're getting a shed built in my backyard, so I got I got to run. But uh, it's been a you good— Can Airbnb that out? If you would like, uh, if you would like to come stay, it does it's not going to have air conditioning just yet. So that might oh, be a little tough. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, it's been a good episode. You can email the show flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Not sure who's on tomorrow. Kevin will be a part of the program though, for sure. So it's always exciting. Uh, for myself, Lincoln Strike, he's Gordon Mack. Uh, we will see you tomorrow.